Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm once again joined by Chris and Dave from the Comics and Motion podcast. Now, if you tuned in last week, you know I spoke to them then, and we spoke about all their crazy amount of podcasts they've done, including some of the new podcasts they've been involved with, um, the Love Island cast, um, and VHS Strikes Back. Um, so if you're interested in those, I've included links to those in the description. Um, but in the second part of the chat, we start off talking about things a little bit more sort of politically aligned, you know, people being entitled, uh, politicians seeming to be bumbling idiots, those sorts of things. Uh, and then we talk about, uh, quite a while, we speak about Chris and Dave being in a band together. That's basically how they met and why they're good friends now and we hear some great band stories and some of the performances that they did and things like that so you know it's a real just fun we're having a laugh the whole time rambling on about this that and the other Uh, and then towards the end we talk a little bit more about their podcast the vhs strikes back uh before finishing off with some of the things about like older movies where you watch it again like 30 years later and you're like "Mm, that that seems a little bit you know rapey and it's like you watch it kind of you forget when you're a kid watching these films like when you're a bit younger and you watch these films and then like years pass and then it's like oh wow these films are a bit off now um but if any of that sounds interesting to you then you know keep on listening because that's basically the, the bulk of the chat is about the bands and uh vaguely political and then uh, the old movies and things um, but before we get into that um, i just want to do a quick shout out for a podcast called weed like a word um they've only been going for sort of a couple of months or so but it's a really really high quality podcast and i really recommend everyone checks them out um if you're a fan of graham norton or anthony Hor- horowitz um obviously anthony horowitz he did a lot of, a lot of uh, book series um he's a lot of horror things he's very prolific as an author um the chat with him is fantastic and um their fifth episode which i think is called um a small auditorium with dr bramwell um that's a really really interesting chat as well so i'll include a link to them in the description as well um, but i really recommend people go check out weed like a word now that's more or less it from me at the moment guys um as usual i'll be back at the end of the chat just to talk about what we've got coming up and all the sort of other things uh, in the pipeline and a little bit more information um if you like the show you know find us on all the usual social media places twitter instagram and facebook um, i'm most active on instagram with stories and posting pictures of food and movie reviews because what else is instagram for uh anyway yeah if you like the show find us on their usual places share the show like subscribe all that usual jazz and that's really it for me guys so you know thanks as always for listening i hope you enjoy the show and i'll be back at the end welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton There's nobody better than me, and I'm not better than anybody else. I just see it as you can't tell me when people look down on you, like at work, you know, I will just buy it. I'm really, really placid and dingy, but as I've got older, I just don't buy into the bullshit. Where, you know, like that sort of school mentality of, oh, he's a teacher, don't speak to him, or, you know, he or she's this, that they're a director of a company. Well, it doesn't mean any better than me. It means that you've either blagged it or you've got lucky. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a bit of hard work there and consistency. I, I agree. But for me, as I've got older, I just think, everyone's fucking winging it. So I just think, well, I can wing it with the best of them. And I've do, I've got all sorts of free stuff over the years. And, and and for me and Dave, if Dave asks me something and I think there's an angle, I will try my best to get us in somewhere. And it doesn't always work, but we, we've had plenty of stuff where people have believed in our podcast because of who we are, but also because I think it's a mindset you, you go through, both of us. I just believe that. I, I believe that me and Dave would, I know it sounds daftish, but we would get some, because of our accent, I said today, six months ago, I said, you know what? I said, we should promote ourselves more in America because the Americans love the English accent. They love this quirkiness. I know they think we all speak like the Queen and we all eat you know, tea and crumpets down there. You know what I mean? We don't, obviously. <laughs> we, you know, I'm as far removed from that as anything, but the Americans believe that. And in the last six, seven months, and it's not just it's not down to me at all, I'm not just saying that, but we've literally sort of like... 80% of the listeners are from America and we've had loads of reviews from the American iTunes stuff about us. And I'm not just doing it as a promotion thing on us. I'm using it as an example. It's not just a let's promote myself and Dave or big myself up. I'm not far from that. But I just believe that when you want something, like I, I believe in that law of attraction. I believe that if you, if you focus enough and you believe in it and you want it, things will happen. And, and that's just the way I've always been through my life. Mm, yeah, exactly. And that's the best way to be about that sort of thing. And that's kind of I mean, a lot of things that you said that I, I completely agree with. I mean, uh, going back to what you kind of initially said about the sort of the, the people and the, the blagging in a sense is more so with the people aspect is, you know, I've always been a, I've always been respectful. You know, I've yeah. always tried to be, you know, regarding, 
ignoring like gender norms or any of that sort of you know uh, modern stuff i mean just like being chivalrous i've always just generally held doors for people i've generally always tried to be polite my parents always said you know manners cost nothing that sort of jazz and then also you know when you go to a restaurant and a waiter messes up your order or something goes wrong you know having a go at that person like you're better than them doesn't gain anything it just makes you look like a dick and makes their day slightly worse and it's just yeah. like, there's no real need for that and one thing my mate kieran um i'd love to get him on the podcast because he says some he's got some great nuggets of information but he will not ever come on the podcast he's too introverted um <laughs> so i could talk about him all the time on the podcast and he'll never listen no it's, um, <laughs> he he's um he said this one thing which is probably the it's, it's annoying because it's, it's he's a bit of a cynic but it is true and it's it's one of the most true things i've ever heard which is the main problem with people is that they all feel like they're owed something and it works for everything because you think about people who drive like assholes and cause crashes because they're you know zooming around in their Audi at 100 miles an hour weaving in and out of cars on the motorway because they think they're so important they need to be at this one place before everyone else and like you know people who are in restaurants who seem to think that their life is so unfathomably important that having a mild delay due to their food order will end the world around them and you know all these kind of examples of people who are just like they seem to think they're above everyone but the thing that you said there which i remember saying it once in psychology in college um in my second year and i said i don't believe that anyone is better than anyone else i think everyone's just even and that's a really good thing to think and a good idea and i'd be happy to have a debate with someone about that ideology but someone just yelled up what about hitler and it's like, oh, fuck off. I hate it when you have those discussions with people, you know, and you're like, oh, here's a good idea. Here's a good idea. Oh, here's one outlier. What is it? It's Hitler. Okay, great. Yeah. It's like, you can use that for fucking everything. It's like, oh, yeah, I love dogs. Do you? Well, dog- well Hitler had a dog. It's like these, these zero sum things where it's like, there's yeah. a good idea. And people just like to have, oh, they go, hmm, I don't agree with that. I've got this one extreme example. And then you say it, and there's a room full of people nodding and go, yeah, Hitler was a bad person. It's like, I'm not saying every human He's who has ever lived. vegetarian artist, wasn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, it, it's all these things. It's, you know, I mean, I'm not, I want to clarify on this podcast. I am not Nazi. I'm no, in no way condoning anything that Hitler did. I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy. But even if you look into Hitler, it's not like he was born, he was evil, he's Satan, he's gone. Like, he, he uh, I don't want to get into a huge Hitler discussion, but like, he did one of the most horrible, horrendous things ever to a group of people that I would never agree with in any way, shape, or form, blah, blah, blah. But there is one thing, which is he did bring Germany out of a recession and um, basically crush the hyperinflation crisis quicker than anyone has basically ever done, except I think maybe Roosevelt did something similar in America. But like, apart from that, it's like, there's not. It's not everyone is this sort of extreme yes black white no you know sort of thing and i think with society now what people do is with their ideas especially left-leaning or right-leaning people they'll be like oh no i haven't i'm leftist i have all these leftist ideas okay oh you believe one conservative idea therefore you're immediately like blacklisted and it's all this weirdness of like people as i don't know if you guys have noticed it as you're a bit more uh well, a bit older than i am not to be offensive or anything but <laughs> you are if you've noticed there's more just polarizing old. views <laughs> as, as you've gotten older and things is it like you know the left and the right is getting more and more split and then there's more and more people who are like more aggressive or do you think it's just kind of the media that's a big rant and i'm sorry about that <laughs> it's just that random nonsense from everywhere but yeah what's your views on that I think, I think for me, I think the social media element to everything and the fact that you have a computer in your hand makes people more socially aware of everything that's going on. There, there, there's no way you would know half the stuff that's going on, even with the politics. Yes, I know Sky came to the fore in the early 90s for me. I, I remember we were like we got Sky blitzy as it came out because of the football. And my dad used to have Sky News on and I watched a lot of the Labour Party stuff, stuff like that. So politics was sort of, you had to watch it on the TV. You can pick your phone up now and find out everything, right or wrong. You can A story can mislead you anywhere. And I think just too many people who are social media warriors, justice warriors over, you know, people get offended. There's plenty of times people should be offended and people should lose their jobs for stuff they put. But there's plenty of stuff out there where I just think people just need to get off the moral high ground. Nobody... And I mean, myself included, nobody's perfect. And I'm going to use a cliche, Mike and Dave, I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, when one finger's pointing at you, there's usually two pointing back at them because everyone is hiding or deflecting away from what they're doing. And and that's in life, that's just human nature I see it as. And I, I, I'm not saying that there's not good people or bad people. Like everyone has good and bad sides to the person that we all have it. But I, I, try, I think as I'm, I'm 40 now, I think as I've got older, that whole macho 
you know, I'm tougher than you, I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you stuff, and I've got me better than you at everything. I was never really like that. Anyway, I'm not a competitive. They see me play football. I'm certainly not the best football or runner in the world, Mike. But <laughs> I've done, you know, you do different things in your life. And as you get older, I'm like, all I'm bothered about now is I've got an 18-year-old daughter. I'm married for 20 years. I just want them to be safe and to have a good life. And that's all I'm bothered about. I'm, I'm not interested in even politics. I was such a Labour man. Now, they come to the door, and the first thing they say is, get rid of Corbyn, not interested. And then I'll shut the door, or... Theresa May, she's an idiot. I don't, I don't care she's gone now, obviously. I mean, I'm not saying whatever your political views are, but I just think the country's run by idiots. And I, I'll be honest with both of you, now, revelation this is, I honestly believe that I could get in there and I could run this country. And Dave's going to pee himself at that. But I just keep thinking, you know what? I could be a politician because these guys are winging it and I could wing it and actually be for the people because that's my thing, me. I'm just so for... Everyone, I'm going right off on a tangent now, mate. This is not what I This is infectious. This is what happens to me. This yeah. is not my problem. I'm infectious. My own tangential thinking, it just goes, infects people. And I, yeah. have one, I have one rant to myself and I don't get interrupted for a minute. And then I talk about social issues, Hitler and social media in some weird amalgamation. And now it's happened to you. So got you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. yeah. To- <laughs> You've got, sorry, Dave, I'll let you speak. I'm sorry. But genuinely, I do believe that... These people who we see running the country, running business, even at my company where I work, and my aim in life is to actually overtake them and actually treat the staff and people with total respect that they deserve. And, and that's me off my high horse. But yes, I do believe that the, the, so many people are entitled this day and age for doing absolutely fuck all, basically. <laughs> so I guess for, from my perspective, I mean, there's a ton of stuff there. And I think... Actually, I'd probably like to discuss this further with you at some point, Mike. You know, maybe maybe somewhere down the line. But what you what you were saying about Hitler there, and and ultimately that that whole movement in the in the thirties and forties. But first thing I, I pick up on what you said there. So you, you mentioned your friend the cynic, and someone said to me years ago, and and I always think of that when I hear that word is the definition of a cynic is just someone who sees the world as it is he says that I think my mate <laughs> oh really I mean and it's absolutely true and you know again I, I make my living through projects and I've said this for years now that the best people at estimating projects are people who have depression everyone else is overly optimistic when they estimate. <laughs> and again, I didn't make that up. Uh, I think that was from a TED talk at, at some point, and I looked into it further, and I thought, oh, blimey. It's just, you know, because when, when you have depression, you kind of, you, you no longer, you can't see the future. You can't be positive. You can't be optimistic. So um, just, again, just part of that human condition. But I mean, what I'd say to counter what what they're saying and to be a little bit more optimistic is by definition, we all see the world through our own eyes. So we're all inherently just a little bit selfish because that's the that's how we see the world. So you have to be quite self-aware to to try and step into someone someone else's shoes and be empathic and, you know, I mean, I feel like I am, um, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, in the day-to-day, I'm probably not empathic 100% of the time. You know, if I'm late for an appointment or something, yeah, probably drive a little bit more aggressively than, than if I wasn't late. So I absolutely agree with that. What you were saying about... Um, about Hitler I mean it's a brilliant one to just chuck in there and you're right with anything people love to chuck in those uh, extreme things don't they so it's like Piers Morgan when he's he's on his high horse about veganism you know and he's, he was filmed on Good Morning TV wasn't he throwing up a vegan sausage roll well you know it actually has more protein in it than the actual meat sausage roll <laughs> the point is he's like oh yeah vegans you know what about palm oil he just like to take these extreme things and throw it in there as an argument but the thing that interests me is that you're saying about Hitler's and and again it's that whole movement these are not this is not going back to Genghis Khan or you know William the Conqueror or something this isn't like hundreds or thousands of years back this is this was literally when we were growing up this was people you know older people now who'd lived through that and I could never understand this narrative that we were told you know and taught us kids about how evil this regime was 
because you're thinking, well, it's all just people. You know, it's people within these systems. And so it is really interesting. I mean, we call them World War One and World War Two. Really, it's all just the same thing. Because after what after the way that first conflict ended, the second one almost became inevitable because of how it how it had been left and so you know it was going to breed extremism and so you know when thing when the economy is prosperous when people have got money in their pocket they they feel wealthy you would never have someone like hitler rise into power it's when the economy is bad it's when people feel like they're that like they're going nowhere they need someone to blame and and that for me is the slightly worrying thing about where we are politically at the moment it's all a bit different from talking about comic books isn't it but <laughs> <laughs> well it is it is you know it's, it's one of the things and I, I would love to um have you guys on again and we'll uh you know this is more of like a just general chat about nothing yeah. in particular but we can always have another chat down the line where we have i don't know you know moral philosophy i mean i've got a few notes in my book which is like the whole idea of you know whether or not good or evil is actually even a thing mm-hmm. because you know one could usually argue like once again not supporting hitler but one would argue that hitler thought he was doing the right thing by killing something that he believed to be the sort of the lower race if he did believe that and hope and his he was just trying to make you know mother germany essentially the most powerful thing he was trying to do the best for or what he perceived as the best for his people i don't agree with it i think it's horrendous and i think he was insane in the later years especially mm-hmm. but everything is about perspective you know and, and it's one of the things that i find we're lacking in a lot of in today's society of just a lot of people do get it and a lot of people are trying to be like that but it's like there's that team mentality and it's like as you brought up politics and it's like you know trump is many things and i'm not a fan but trump was basically born due to a lot of disenfranchised individuals who are sick of people being in power who are saying, you know, a lot of people finding it over here a lot of the time as well, where it's like all the politicians are saying basically the same thing. They're all acting basically the same. You look at their expenses, their finances, their this, their that, they're all basically the same. And then you get anyone in power and no one feels any different. It's just everyone kind of gets fucked over in a different way. And it's like, I don't necessarily disagree with that idea of just, you know, they're all kind of the same in, in a lot of ways. But it's like what a lot of people do is they'll vote for someone like Trump and they'll be like, you know, I'm not saying that Trump is exclusively this, even though I do not support him in for the most part. It's like, oh, yeah, fuck everyone else and vote for Trump, you know, almost like the, the anarchist mm-hmm. vote, but not even what true anarchy is more just being like, you know, no, no, screw everyone else. I want the system to be broken if it can't work for me. And it's like, if, if the system actually works properly, you know, if there wasn't horrendous amounts of, say, let's say as arguments, you know, in America, you know, there's police brutality. There's, uh, I think it was Flint, Michigan, which basically have, I don't think they still have clean tap water. It's mm-hmm. like poisonous. They've got, you know, they've been having that. There's the poverty line in America, the austerity over there, I think is quite a bit greater than it is over here in England and it's like you look at there's, there's so many different aspects you know, I listen to a few American podcasts and a few made by indie um, indie podcast creators that are really interesting I want to shout out in the black podcast it's one of my favorite podcasts and it's three working black men in America um, talking about perspectives on a variety of different things it's, it's very interesting having a perspective from not only uh, someone in America from a British listener but also you know different ethnicity and obviously being black in America is there are still challenges and racism obviously over in England, but I feel that in England being black or white isn't the same as being black or white in America because in England we've got that sort of xenophobia more so towards Muslims. And it's like this all huge big mess. And it's like, you know, people over here, they're blaming Muslims because the economy is fucked and things like that. And it's like the media and lots of other big people and people in power they use scapegoats and things. And the problem is, is that I was, I was talking to my mate about this last night to a degree where he was getting frustrated that people just, you know, they read the, the Facebook headlines and they don't really look into mm-hmm. things or people get told something and they just believe it. And it's like, I do agree and it frustrates me. But the problem is as well is that because people have less money, people are having to work more, maybe people are having to have second jobs, people are having to, you know, if you don't have as much money, you can't spend as much money on food. So you have to be a bit more clever with food, perhaps spend more time with that, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, so people are having less and less time to actually be able to research these things and things like Netflix popping up and the video game industry being huge, etc. It's like, it's not always the opportunity for everyone just to go home and then everything they've heard just 
read into and look into and some of these issues are really not easy mm-hmm. you know like immigration is one which i'm not going to delve hugely into immigration but you know there is those two sides of it isn't it it's like do you want to let everyone in or do you want to let no one in and it's like well, neither of those are going to work you have to have a degree of vetting process to some degree you know not saying that anyone coming in is going to be necessarily evil but you have you have to check you know it's, it's all these things it's like people want simple black and white easy answers to complex huge questions without looking into them and you get this horrible mix of things where it's like everyone's getting frustrated at everyone else the people who look into everything are getting frustrated with people who don't because they classify them as dummies well you've got you know this that and the other you know what i mean it's just this big mess yeah absolutely and, and you're right i mean we all as human beings we follow leaders who seem to have all the answers so you know people who have an unshakable belief in what they say so an example so someone like you know i personally think he's a buffoon but boris johnson you know he he could well get voted as the next prime minister donald trump uh you know you go way back you go margaret thatcher people do follow those leaders you obviously have people who completely disagree but then it becomes quite a polarizing thing the people who don't tend to do well are people like Theresa May, someone who is more analytical. John Major was another one, very clever guy, but, you know, he kind of deliberates a bit. And he's not just saying these, um, you know, black and white, he's not boiling these complex issues down into this very simplistic idea. You know, we change this one thing and then your life will get better. Unfortunately, life just is a bit more complicated than that. But, <laughs> You know, you have to somehow, with this democratic society that we have, you you somehow have to get that popular vote and then, you know, on balance, try and do things that are good. So I, I don't know, is the system broken? It, it, it does, it feels right now a little bit broken. And if I could change anything, I would say that politicians should be held to account for what they actually say. You know, regardless of whether I voted myself on uh, to remain or leave in Brexit, there were lies on both sides and, you know, no one was held to account for it. 100%. And so now we, we, you know, we have this idea that, you know, oh, you can't possibly go against the vote. You know, there was a referendum and it went one way. And so we must adhere to that. Well, hang about, you bunch of lying fuckers. <laughs> you just all lied through your teeth. If I went to a, you know, a TV shop or something, bought a TV and the salesman told me a pack of lies and I took home a, a rubbish TV that didn't work, I'd take it back to the shop. Why is there no comeback when the politicians can just lie to us like that? Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you there. I mean, it is one of those things where I've kind of always said is, you know, if they just made it something, you know, I don't know the intricate ins and outs of the way our governmental system works in every aspect, but the way I would look at it is just very simply of like, you know, maybe split everything that uh, MPs have to vote on into, I don't know, five or ten categories, depending on, you know, what it's about, whether it's about public spending, this, that, the other, whatever, and then say they have to, all of them have to attend like 80% of you know each of each category or something and if they don't they get pay cuts from it and then also they shouldn't get as many expenses as they get and it should be a lot more closely vetted and then they should also be holding held accountable for things and it's like you say you know you know i don't i don't like nigel farage and i don't like boris johnson but and i personally do quite like corbyn from what i've seen of him to my knowledge but if corbyn had put on a bus we're going to get 350 million to the nhs if we leave brexit and also you know corbyn is also one of the people was a proponent for leaving as well for my knowledge even though i'm not necessarily but he if he did that i'd as easily be ready to say to him he should be punished as i would to someone i don't necessarily agree with politically boris johnson nigel farage but because there is none of that it's almost like who's policing the police that sort of idea of some of the issues of police brutality in america same with politicians well they're making all the laws they've got all the money so they have everything you know they can control relatively speaking everything so it's like well why have we allowed them to do that and why are there no checks and balances Mm -hmm. for that you know yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who watches The Watchmen to bring it back to comics? <laughs> but I tell you nice. what, and I, I'll, I'll, I'm mindful Chris has been quiet for a bit now as I've got up on my political high horse. But the last thing I'll say on politics and then I'll shut up. I personally, again, if I could have anything, I would stick David Cameron in the stocks <laughs> <laughs> until we leave Europe. 
because, you know, again, how he can call that referendum and then the day after the result just say, you know what, I'm going to resign, I'm going to go off, I'm going to leave this whole mess to someone else. I just think that is inherently wrong. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. It's, it's all about checks and balances in every aspect of life, isn't it? Um, but obviously, I do want to talk about politics another time. We've been speaking about it for a short while now, and I <laughs> yeah, genuinely do really like talking about relatively everything, as you guys are aware. Um, and I know that um, Chris's time is starting to become a little bit slim. So I think I'll just kind of uh, loop it back if you guys have a few spare, um, few more minutes, just yeah. to talk about the actual thing I wanted to talk about initially. And we've gone on so many tangents and had such a great conversation that it's been an hour and we haven't even touched on it yet. You guys were in a band and I've never heard either of you talk about music. Um, I haven't listened to every episode of Comics of Motion, but, you know, I've listened to a couple and it's like, I haven't heard you guys talk about your band and I haven't on, on Twitter or anything like that. So it's like, your band, what genre was it? Why did you start being in a band? And why did you stop, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, um, well, I guess I guess you'd you'd create the band, hadn't you, Chris? Actually, you know what? I've been I've been talking for ages, haven't I? Go on, Chris. I'll I'll take it back to you. <laughs> no, you it's, it's, yeah, Dave, it's usually me waffling, so don't give me that. It was good, <laughs> it was good listening to you both. No, the original inception of the band was around about two thousand and one, and it was myself, my wife's uh, uncle, who just started learning to play the guitar, and a, a friend of his who was having lessons off another guitarist. And I just was learning to play the guitar. I'd gone round her uncle, had sort of, he was about a year ahead of me, and I just said, oh, I'd love to play the guitar. Never had any musical skill or never done anything. And we just that got together once a week on a Thursday, tried to play a few things. You know, Smoke on the Water was literally played on a loop because it was like three or four. <laughs> it was, I was pretty average at guitar at the best. But it went on and on, and then eventually they, they had a singer, and it was like two of them playing guitar, backing music for the bass and drums and then they had a, a guy singing and it was in local to me in Altrincham uh, where Dave actually used to live coincidentally and I just went down as a backing singer to sort of uh, help them out they would, and then the genre of music they wanted to do was like Oasis, The Beatles, The Stones it was all indie rock originally, indie music and then they had like six songs at this place and it was just basically they came on at the break of a sort of jazz place and this place was full of like dead young people. I was at the time, it was like 2001, so I was about 23, 24. So obviously around about my age of people. And the singer got a bit of stage fright. Never sang before. It was purely just three. I mean, not the, none of them was my age. I was 23. They were all sort of mid to late 30s, the, the, the other guys. And I was like younger than them. And then the singer just got stage fright and was like, I was supposed to get up and do a couple of songs where I was doing a bit of backing for him. I'd never sang or anything. And in the end, it ended up being me singing because he just was like, let's do it together. And I understood that. He was quite intimidated. We'd never done it before. And then from there, it was like the, the second gig uh, we went to do again where we got absolutely crucified was a proper rock place where a band had pulled out. We were getting tips watching with this other singer. So there was four of us and backing music. And obviously you go to a proper rock place, you don't go and play with backing music at all. It was absolutely horrendous. And what made it worse is the singer couldn't do it. He bottled it on the day. I ended up being the singer. And then what did I go and do? I'd sung Don't Look Back in Anger loads of times. And I was obviously as an Oasis fan. I missed the click, didn't Because it was backing stuff and took the whole song out. And this pub, we kind of got booed off. It was horrendous. So I don't know how we carried it on. And, and that was like the start of the band. And then eventually we got a bass and, and drummer. And we went for about three years there where we would gig in like 40, 50 times a year. I ended up running the band. I was like sort of like the manager, really. I was getting all the gigs, ringing everyone up. I was like the link between everyone and organising everything. And then we had a bass player who left. And then my brother-in-law, he's my brother-in-law now, he joined the band. He's just an old school friend, one of my brother's actual friends. He's a very good play, bass player. He played in the band for a couple of years. And then he left and then... Dave came in and you, you'd seen an ad, didn't you, Dave, for a bass player? And Dave lived local to us yep. in Old Trigger. I live in Old, Old Trafford, sort of Stratford, so there's about five or six miles between us. And that's where it came from. And, and the band was going until 2011. I Dave left... You, Dave's a bass player, sorry, by the way. So I don't want to cut across you, Dave, <laughs> but Dave's a very good bass player. So Dave joined and we, we had a bit of a remash and got a, a drummer in as well at the same time, didn't we, Dave? Yeah, so, uh, and that was a drummer. He's gone. He's dead. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Dave's dead. He's gone. Sorry, I, I just popped myself on mute there. Sorry. 
<laughs> You've got me on the recording there. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was a drummer I, I knew from uh, another previous band as well. Yeah, a lad called Ace, who it's funny enough, Mike, we recorded a Love Island episode last night with Ace and said, <laughs> "What?" I actually stopped us halfway through and went, what the fuck are we doing here? We used to tour the Northwest gigging at some of the best places in the Northwest, and now we're talking about Love Island 10 years later. But um, <laughs> So so anyway, we, 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 we had this incarnation of the band. We toured around the Northwest. We used to venture out a bit further sort of like Cumbria way a bit down south but not too much because there's not a lot of money it's more for the love and then uh, unfortunately Dave you you I think you just got to the point where you just wanted to change didn't you you'd been in bands for a lot longer than I had I'd only ever been in our band which was about 2007 and then was it when you were moving like most bass players I was a bit of a band whore I guess so (laughs) I mean I so I eventually hung up my bass, really, and I still play like as a as a hobby, if you like. But um, so as my family expanded, you know, so I've got three kids. Um, I basically had to take a decision on on what I was going to do. So two things really happened. So I took a job which meant that I would be traveling a lot more. And and obviously when you're in the band, you know, the, the gigs are the cherry on top. It's all the hard work that goes in behind. It's the practices, it's the discussions and, and all of that. So I just didn't, I, I just needed to focus on the career and, and sort of park um, being in a band. And, and that was difficult because I'd, I'd been in bands since I was about 17. And so, uh, but yeah, you, you know, your family expands and, and you have to do this. Of course, of course. And then obviously from there, Mike, Dave left. And then I got to around about 2008, towards the middle of 2008, and I'd run it. I just got sick of it. Unfortunately, like anything in life, like business work, there's just too much politics. And the the reward of me running around after all these people for no thanks or anything just got the better of me. And I was like, I can't do it. I needed the money. I actually needed the money because we used to earn quite a bit, good bit of money out of it every month. It was like I didn't have to do overtime at work because we were gigging nearly every week. But Unless you're the tax man listening to this and, and it was just all a passion project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all right. We were under the tax threshold at the time. But um, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> but, but yeah, so we, we earned, we did quite well out of it. So it got to the point where I was like, there's, there's just no, the, the money just doesn't mean anything. It was just too much. Like I, I was up so early for work and then we were at weekends. We were doing gigs. It was a place we used to do in Darwin. You didn't start till midnight. And you were like, you get there at like half eight, nine o'clock, you'd sound check for an hour. Then you spent two hours in this sort of club doing nothing until everyone come out of the pubs because it was the only place open. And Darwin's right next to Blackburn. And, you know, it was absolutely horrendous. It was a great gig, but it was like, I was going home at four or five o'clock for 50 quid in my pocket or 40 quid in my pocket. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And, then, and being in a band, Mike, is fantastic. I love singing. I was a singer, as you can probably tell, the gobby one. So, so I... <laughs> I love the singing. I still love singing now. I mean, I only ever sing in my car now and stuff like that. But if someone said to me, would you do a gig and would you get up and, you know, do something? I'll always get up and do something. I've done it quite a lot recently. Well, not recent, a lot, but I've done it quite a bit. I've not actually been in a band since 2010. I left in 2008, took a year out, come back. And then, unfortunately, some family, my grandmother passed away and I felt so guilty all the family dues from gigging. I missed, not just for her, for myself. My daughter was growing up and I'd missed so much of the weekends because we were gigging because mainly for money more than anything more than the love it came towards the end and I was like I need to do something with my life and just change and, and luckily someone come up at work at the time which I regret with the band but I don't regret all the singing the thought of having to go out and travel somewhere and set up and then set up and everyone and pack up and then come home at two three in the morning and I've got like four or five hours like no I can't do this anymore and unfortunately it sounds so depressing but it, it, it just got the better of me in the end it's such a wonderful experience and some of the places me and Dave saw was very much we'd go from we could go from playing in front of three four five hundred people to the next night playing in front of someone like the Phoenix Club which we hated clubs we would never do clubs we do like pubs but you'd be playing in front of like two or three people sometimes it was ridiculous you know some of these places we played but we absolutely loved it it was a passion it was such a big passion but unfortunately for me now it's, there was a full stop under it, and I could never go back to it. I don't think at all. Just, just it's just so disheartening. It could be such a high and then such a low, and you can, I can understand. And never, it was never my bag, but I can understand why a lot of rock stars in that, and we were at such a low level, 
take drugs and stuff like that because of that high because it's it, it, it's so weird an experience mike honestly yeah i mean i when i was younger i mean a, bit, a, bit, a tiny bit of background i know your time is uh, sensitive so uh, i'll try not to go too long but um my my dad um he's always been musical his, his entire life um and you know he before he passed away like the, basically the last big thing he did is he played a gig with his old band from god the 80s i think it was they took they rented out this place locally and rent out and sold tickets and all the money that they raised for the gig went to uh, mcmillan and things and um so like two months before he passed away he was like you know uh into that my i've got three brothers um one of them is really musical he's currently in three bands and he's got two other side projects that are musical as well <laughs> and so like i've also got one of my best mates callum he and also my best one of my best mates reese who i mentioned slightly earlier in this conversation they were used to be in a band together and then it was like a pop punk band and then it became like a hardcore band and then reese uh left mainly because of the sort of things you guys have been saying and then uh callum is still in a band and he's gonna be on the show i think two weeks time and he was like in the fourth episode of the show and um he's he's they're really really heavy like proper like as people who aren't into uh, heavy metal like screamo essentially and um so i i understand with the whole band thing because you know when i was younger i kind of i dabbled in guitar i played keyboard a little bit and i i did i was at a point where i was like tempted to do band stuff you know i was doing music videos for bands and things a few of them and i was like maybe i'll maybe i'll sort of get into that world maybe i'll learn bass or something you know i mean i would love to be a singer but i am an atrocious singer <laughs> like anyone who knows me i am terrible and i love to sing but yeah i'm just awful so it's like I could never be in that band, but it's like... I was, never I was stop, talking. Chris. Yeah, I, was I was waiting for that one, mate. You teed him up nicely there. <laughs> I haven't got enough of a plucky attitude, though. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just your, your, you've got your blagging thing, haven't you, where you just can blag through it. Maybe you just convinced all these people that you're a good singer, yeah. whereas I do not have that ability. No, no, I wasn't. Like, I was that band average, but I could hide behind the band very well. Oh, nicely done, nicely done. Well, yeah, and I did want to be in a band and I wanted to do all these things, you know, the touring and all that sort of stuff. But like seeing my mate Callum do it and obviously how much work goes into podcasting. I think the kind of the difference in podcasting and being in a band really is like, obviously there's hundreds of differences to be uh, specific, but like some of the time management is like being in a band the best time to be performing in a band is a worse time for you socially. You know, if Callum gets a gig on like a Friday or a Saturday or if he gets, he's been on a couple of tours where it's been like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and he has work on Monday or something, it's like he basically wipes out his entire weekend and his whole social life to do this passion project. And whereas with me, it's like I generally speak to people in the week. It's normally like a Tuesday or a Wednesday that I talk to them and then I pretty much always edit on a Sunday. I Sometimes if I have a bit more time, I'll do a bit on Saturday, a bit on Sunday. But apart from that, it's like you know, I get to invest a similar amount of time that Gallum invests, except because I'm not in a band, I don't have to interact with anyone else and figure out when practice is going to be, when recording is going to be, blah, 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 and gigs. I'm basically my own schedule. And it's like, when I was younger, I used to love the thought of being in a band. But now it's just like, I value my time too much. And I feel like I get more out of podcasting of the conversations with people than I would out of being in a stage and getting my ego kind of uh, flattered because I really don't need any more ego flattering. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Dave? No, I think I think I think it's good, but I think for me the biggest difference is it, it becomes less and less about the music. Like I mentioned a bit earlier, I'm a, I have been a little bit of a band whore, so I've been in lots of different bands and. It's always just about the people, and again, you've just got those different personality types. I mean, for, for a few years, I was in doing the kind of Manchester Unsigned circuit, so it was in that kind of post-Oasis era where, you know, you had various unsigned bands that were basically just Oasis knockoffs, mm. but, you know, bands like us, we were trying to be like, oh, no, we're, we're not indie, you know, we, you can't really pigeonhole us anywhere, and, you know, we're, we're a bit more rocky, and it, it was all bollocks, really, because, you know, we, uh, you know, if you, if you are a young band, the best thing I think you can do is pigeonhole yourself, you know, have your own unique style, but people like the familiar so they have to know okay if they're talking to the mates or something how would we describe them there's nothing more frustrating than saying oh i really like this band all right okay what what's good about them what do they sound like oh, i don't know just they sound like themselves really all right that's really fucking useful i'll go and buy a cd of that then <laughs> shall i so you know that's where we i think failed you know and i but i'd given myself a kind of time period on when i was going to try and make it and then i thought right if 
by this age I've made it then clearly just not good enough you can talk about luck and whatever but I don't really buy into that I think you know a lot of the bands that I saw you know we, we all collectively just weren't good enough so but you, you spend so much time you know, we were practicing like two, three times a week and gigging once or twice a week. So, you know, you were spending more time with this small group of people than anyone else. And, you know, it's like being a very closely knit family and you piss each other off and you've got differing opinions and you've got some people who are just very blunt and they'll come out with conflict straight away and other people will just bottle it up and then just you know completely ignore it Chris how many times you know were we told in, in the pub and that you know in, in the pubs and clubs you know lads too loud can you turn down and you know the guitarists would wander over to their amp and like pretend that they were twiddling the knobs but you know it's just not actually doing anything and it's like oh just it all just ends up frustrating and, and I could never understand you know I obviously wasn't around when the Beatles were around but being from that part of the world you you just can't help but become aware of the whole thing but it was like why the hell would it? you were on such a good thing you were such a talented group of individuals why would you split up but even just you know doing a small little venture like you know being a local band and whatever that you see that actually it is really hard going you know and it is really hard work I, i've described it lots of times in the past as it's always serious fun if you turn up and you're just there to piss about you're probably not going to get very far if that's absolutely what you want to do and everyone's on the same page well good luck to you but usually people have different opinions about what is it we actually want to do but i think chris we probably bonded didn't we over you know we we seem to be that office camera if you like yeah yeah <laughs> you know when you're seeing some of the nonsense and some of the the office you know the david brent type mannerisms and stuff and we ended up staring at each other it's like did that really just happen? I mean, me, me, Mike, honestly, I mean, these, I know they're never going to, and this is not being disrespectful, so please don't uh, take this the wrong way, Mike, but I'm pretty sure the people who are in our band are not going to listen to this podcast, but <laughs> one of them is a member of my family, so I've, I've got to tread carefully, but some of the stories we could tell, you would not believe. We had a, a guitarist who would hide behind his amp and say that someone's just come past and turned the amp off or he actually hummed he was adamant he wanted to play solo stuff he was the rhythm guitarist and he actually hummed the solo to uh, Wonderwall because he couldn't play it but he's adamant he could play it and he kept having a dig at our lead guitarist and he hummed it we've got to give a bit more of the context there though haven't we so you know <laughs> Again, you have these conversations about what what do people actually want to do, you know, and and I think the guitarist at the time was saying, oh, you know, I'd quite like to do a solo, and so, you know, my approach is, well, all right, do it then. What what would you like to do? And so I think it, the suggestion was Wonderwall, wasn't it? And yeah. so you have to all go away, you know, you you learn your own parts and stuff, you play along to the CD and whatever, and then you come back for a practice. Again, this is in a covers band context at this time. Um, and so <laughs> you, you're all playing, you know, you've spent hours and hours listening through and getting your own parts right and, you know, rewinding it back and was what was that note, you know? So, I mean, these days you probably just go on the internet and, and read tab, but, you know, back then you had to try and do it by ear. And, um, you know, so you get the, to this bit in the rehearsal and we're all waiting for this crescendo, this this solo and you know he puts his guitar behind his back and then hums into the mic what the solo should be and like and and the trouble that I've got is you know I, I I like to think that I'm a fairly diplomatic person but my face isn't <laughs> <laughs> my face generally tells exactly what I'm thinking and Chris can usually read me quite well and and I think at that moment it was a bit of a what the fuck are you doing sort of face <laughs> well put it so, this way yeah. Mike I can still recite what he did because I'm singing facing him and he's like and he just gets on the mic like the day said and he starts going do 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 and he and he's that's basically <laughs> roughly the little plinkly solo bit of wonder and i was like oh my god <laughs> now now dave and obviously asu the drummer had come into the band and they were 
um, obviously played in the originals band. They played in bands a lot longer than I had, and I was just a singer. And in rehearsals, the worst thing for me is learning a song because I'm just lay there on a fucking table or something in some back room of a social club, uh, <laughs> just lay on the table like for two hours while everyone's getting the music together, and then I might get to sing a couple of times towards the end of the night. But it's boring for me, and that's why Henry's a hate singing the stuff like that was just second nature. It was just like, what the fuck is going on here? This this guy had been like. <laughs> politician and canvassing that he was he was adamant he could play the guitar and i could play the guitar better than him and i i hardly could i hardly practice the guitar you know it's like what are we doing here what are we doing with our life to to, to be in this city? it was just david brent 101 if you could put like that the movie david brent on the road the one he did but he, he, he used his money and went on the road sometimes it was like that it was just a comedy of absolute <laughs> idiots together at times, honestly. I mean, like Dave said, I rush into things and that, but I would just be baffled. I mean, David ended up going off on our own then, like, what are we doing of our life here? You know, it's, <laughs> it's so funny, mate. I'd actually had another situation. It's probably more me than anything. Of a band up in Bolton, and you know, this guy again. We just got him in to do just some very simple keyboard bits. And again, it's it's a journey. You know, no one starts off being a fantastic uh, musician, and but you like to think you're all kind of learning and getting a bit better. You know, so. I like to think I'm quite encouraging. And this guy, you know, we'd got to this gig and he'd had, uh, you know, the Coldplay song, Trouble. Mm. You know, we just had him do that very small kind of opening piece to it. And, um, you know, we get to that part in the set. And, you know, he he hardly had any, Most of the songs, they were like kind of rock songs. It was all that kind of, you know, Blink-182 time. And so a lot of the songs were on that kind of theme. And so um, it gets to this bit in the set and it's his bit. It's his grand moment. He's got all his mates there. And he just fucking disappeared. <laughs> he just, I don't know. I think he went to the toilet or something. And it, and it was just literally the rest of us in the band are like... All right. Well, we haven't practiced without this bit. What we're going to do now? <laughs> you, know, so, you just end up in these bizarre moments, and again in this weird, bizarre world. Uh, and you know, uh, we mentioned the office, but of course, the obvious one that comes to mind is Spinal Tap. And the reason that Spinal Tap is such genius is because it is just so close to what it's like, kind of you know, being in a band a lot of the time. You do. There was a guy when we played this one at Darwin, as I was saying at midnight. And there was a guy who used to stand right in front of me, like a right bruiser. He'd have like, he looked like Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell, dead tight black t-shirt on, bigger, bigger bloke than Simon Cowell. But same build, same haircut, everything, same jawline. And he used to have cigarettes in his sleeves. So he'd have a dead short shirt on, but he'd have cigarettes like there, the packet in both his sleeves. And he fucking hated me. He doesn't matter what I did, no matter what, he absolutely hated me with a passion. And we used to do a couple of venues in Darwin and everywhere I went, he turned up and he used to just stand in front of me and he absolutely detested me. And I was like, I actually don't, I even tried to speak to him once thinking, you know, because I'm like, like anybody, you don't like someone not liking you, especially if you've not done anything wrong, but he just did not like me. And then it was just like, you are the oddest person I've ever met. But once the gig finished, <laughs> he'd be like laughing and joking as if he did, and just totally like, go back with his mates and stuff, but he just stand in front of me for eight. I used to think, what the fuck are you doing here, mate? You know, it's just like, it's so bizarre, honestly. I mean, I'm no shinky van. I'm not like we're saying about the guitar, the guitar player. I've done plenty of times with the singing where I've, I've gone off into my own world and I've started singing a chorus and, it, and we're on a, a verse or something like that and the whole band's trying to follow me then because obviously I'm taking the song out. I was notorious for that when I first started doing it. So it's a weird... Feeling, but the the thing you get though, Mike, is you can get someone come over and say to you, and I had it loads of times, you are the best singer I've ever heard, and I'm like, no, I'm not. And then someone else will come <laughs> over and go, mate, the band were great, but you were fucking shit. And you can have that in the same night in the space of five minutes. It's all subjective, and obviously how much alcohol you've had, I think, most of the time. But yeah, I I, I never took the criticism that serious because someone would tell you I should be touring with someone, then the next one would be like, yeah, I think you're at your level here, son. You know, so you just take it for what it is. It's just a bit of fun between friends. Well, yeah, and that's kind of that's a lovely way to end it, I think, as well. It's uh 
a perfect little thing or we'll be talking and i'll be eating up far too much of your time chris <laughs> it's um but it's been it, we've sp- spoken about a huge amount of things you know we spoke about your podcast graveyard we spoke about hitler and we spoke about band stuff i mean what else do you need in the podcast apart from those three things um so um just once again guys with the the current podcasts that you're doing uh, not all the graveyard ones um just the main ones uh, that you're doing at the moment if you want to just give them one final plug for anyone else and uh, then we'll kind of tune out okay so uh i've done it again. sorry go on, Chris. i've done it you again go. dave sorry um <laughs> dave you do it go on you go first sorry i me that well we'll start with our flagship one then so comics in motion so if you want to get us on twitter you can get us at comics in motion p you can email us at comics in motion podcast and we're all at, at gmail.com that is um and we're on all the various podcast catching sites and then also mike we have the Love Island podcast, which is called Love Island Cast, at Love Island Cast on Twitter. And that is available on all podcast hosting sites. And we have my podcast, which is just started. If you are a Manchester United fan, or if you want to actually, or if you actually hate Manchester United and you want to just listen to somebody ranting and raving and, and nearly in tears at times talking about my club, uh, then I am available at the United Sports Cast. And that is on all podcast hosting sites where I basically just rant and rave about everything that's wrong with my team. I, I do have to say, I'm a massive Liverpool fan and it is a good listen. <laughs> <laughs> because it's obviously not the greatest time for the club. And I, I lived in Manchester for years when Fergie was just about the most successful manager ever at the time. So it, it was kind of a slight payback now, but <laughs> it's a good listen. That, thanks. Well, that's incredible. And I was going to say one other thing is, um, what was your, um, the one that's upcoming, the sort of VHS one, is that, um, is that sort of going to be ready for release in the next few months? Or do you want to still keep that guy a little bit more quiet at the time being? So I think what what we're going to do is we're going to avoid what we usually try and do and just get our first podcast and then throw it out there. We're actually going to try and build up three to five and then release them all in one go. So that that should be absolutely in the next few months, but that will probably be a bi-weekly show. As Chris said before, we might if we get bitten by the bug, we might end up doing it weekly. But I think initially we just want to do it, you know, and not overcommit. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be all, it'll be 70s, 80s, 90s movies. And we're just going to start off with all those classic films. So probably the the first episode will be Back to the Future. We're going to look at things like Terminator. You'd actually mentioned Mike, hadn't you? Terminator mm. 2, definitely tackling that. Aliens. Ooh. I just absolutely love, you know, they mostly come out at night, mostly. Yep. I just so many iconic lines. We'll be doing a bit of wax on, wax off him with Karate Kid. <laughs> Go, Ghostbusters, Commando, you know, uh, of course, we've got to do the Rockies, you know, but where do you start? Do you start the first one? Do you start Rocky Four? <laughs> Who knows? But we're going to have a lot of fun finding out. Well, that sounds incredible. And I'm very excited to hear that. And maybe I can guest on one of those shows too. We can keep this weird little kind of collaboration thing going Definitely. absolutely absolutely you're more than welcome i mean you'll give us a different perspective because i've made chris watch some pretty awful 80s movies like i mentioned weird science hmm. and he hadn't actually watched it at the time and watching it in 2000 actually it would have been last year wouldn't it so yeah. 2018 you know you go back and you watch these movies and you realize quite a lot of them are really quite sexist <laughs> And, oh, uh, I tell you, you know, what, I tell you a weird little thing is I've rewatched because of the new Blade Runner coming out uh, that came out twenty forty nine or whatever it was with Gosling, which I really liked. I rewatched the old Blade Runner, and I remember oh, not right. being the biggest fan of Blade Runner. And I've got like the final ridiculous cut, you know, they made a billion cuts of it, but I've got the longest yep. one. I watched that when I was about thirteen. I really did not like it, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to rewatch it because I really want to see the new one. I rewatched it. I still didn't like it very much, but I still watched the new one. I loved the new one. But there's a bit in it with, because I love Harrison Ford from obviously Star Wars and Indiana Jones, etc. And it's like, there's a bit with his like main love interest in it. When he first kisses her, it's really rapey. Like he literally, she's yeah. basically not wanting it at all. He essentially just grabs her, just pushes her against the wall and does it. And you're like, oh yeah, shit, this was, <laughs> this isn't modern day anymore, is it? This is like the 80s. This is like, oh, this happened in films like, all the time. It's like, uh, I feel really uncomfortable now. <laughs> this is really played one a bit for me. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird, eh? I mean, 
it does seem they they all were a little bit rapey. I mean, you know, they, we mentioned Back to the Future. You know, obviously Biff uh, was very rapey in that. Mm. Um, but even that first Rocky, you know, I'd watched that fairly recently. And, you know, Rocky pretty much corners Adrian, you know, and, and doesn't give her an opportunity to leave his flat. It, it, it's just, it's slightly uncomfortable watching, you know, because you've got this idea of when you watch these things, you know, way back, you know, when you were a kid and you've got this idealistic uh, memory of it. And, and and some things do stand up, like you mentioned, Terminator 2 definitely does watch that fairly recently. But um, yeah, that's be, been the biggest eye-opener in going back and watching these things, how you don't notice how much things have changed. I mean, even even Blade was 98. We watched mm. that fairly recently. I love Blade. And, you know, some very, very wrong things in that as well. So, you know, even in the 90s, people were fairly misogynistic in movies then. Mm. It is interesting. Just, but- just one last thing I would like to drop in there, Mike. Sorry. Again, I keep cutting across your apologies. He's- no, go ahead. Is that we will be doing these classics, mark my words, but because of the shit Dave's made me watch on Comics in Motion, <laughs> I have got some of the worst karate films you've ever seen in your fucking life, and he's going to get them all. <laughs> when we get chance and we start picking our own films, I am going to pull out the most obscure karate films that Dave has never even heard of. Even some of the crap ones he's probably seen, I am really going to send him down the river with this one because I'm really looking forward to doing this to him. See, what Chris doesn't realise, Mike, is I used to, I mean, obviously, being children of the 70s, Kung Fu was just massive. And all these karate films and these bad dubbing, you know, you get all these films over from China and Japan and whatever. So I bet, Chris, I've seen a lot of the same crappy movies that you have. And Snake in the Monkey's Shadow uh, is one that I was wanting to put on the list. Absolutely. Uh, the drunken style, the snake style, the crane style, all, all that sort of stuff. So... Bring it on, son. Bring yeah. it on. <laughs> Mike, you'll have to come on for one of them, definitely. Oh, love it. I love terrible movies. They're one of my favorite things. Terrible old movies is just great. I love it. Oh. But um, yeah. well, that's that's awesome, guys. I'd definitely love to come on. We'll... Um, well, that's really so I'll be sure to talk about it on social media, share it, all that sort of jazz and tomfoolery. I'll include links to your podcasts. Not the dead ones, though, I'm afraid. I'll, I don't have some space <laughs> in my show notes, that's I think, right. <laughs> for the links and whatnot. But I'll be sure to include uh, the Love Island cast and the um, Comics in Motion podcast as well. So, you know, it's been absolutely incredible having you on, guys. I really appreciate you both being so generous with your time. I'll definitely have you both on in the future. And, yeah, just thanks a bunch, guys. Top man, Mike. Thank Brilliant. you. Thanks for having us on. Take care, Mike. And that's the end of part two. Thanks as always for listening, guys. Uh, next week will either be a chat with a guest that I'm speaking to on Tuesday, or maybe it's Wednesday. I'll have to double check that. A guest I'm speaking to this week, um, or it will be my chat with Shaldo. Um, Shaldo is the independent London rapper who is absolutely incredible, and I really recommend everyone goes and checks out his Fire in the Booth performance, his song K.O. Ken his song like us um and he's got loads of fantastic tracks his whole album way of the shower is incredible and any uh, big fans of strange music um or tech nine if you're not as aware of strange music uh tech nine he's playing in england again and shaldo is supporting him i think shaldo supported him in the last two times he came to the uk as well and that's actually where i saw him and chris calico who's a constant collaborator and i think best friend of tech nine who's also part of the strange music family has a song with shaldo called don't box me and it is absolutely incredible. I believe it's the last track on the album, The Way of Shao. Sorry, The Way of the Shao. So I really recommend everyone goes and checks out Shaodo just sort of in preparation. I mean, you don't need to listen to his music specifically to actually enjoy the chat. We talk about Dragon Ball Z for like an hour. Um, but that chat, um, I think I'm going to hopefully have a chat with someone next week. And then I'll be able to delay the Shaodo chat a little bit. Um, only on the basis that... I want it to be close to August if possible because he should have a new single coming out around that time uh, and obviously promotion and that sort of jazz is better for him but he didn't say he was that fussed about it I'm just trying to kind of help him out but you know he needs my help he's much more successful and talented than I am but um, yeah so that's more or less what's coming up everything else is just kind of in the pipeline uh, you know I, I had a few things but I was really really busy and a few things didn't kind of come to fruition so I kind of eased off a bit and I didn't want to have every single week of my well essentially summer all being doing podcasts so I've kind of eased up wound them down a little bit but I'll still be releasing one a week um, I do like to say at the end I'll probably release a 
little uh, sneaky podcast as well while I'm away. Um, but in August, it will be the first Sunday of August. I will be releasing a podcast, I believe. It may be the one-off one I speak about of just, you know, me kind of rambling on for 20 minutes or something. Um, but then the 11th and the potentially the 18th, I won't be releasing an episode. Um, I'm in Mexico, essentially. And I, when I'm over there, I don't want to have to be promoting and doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, hopefully anyone listening now will understand and be fine with that. Um, so yeah, just a, a pre-warning of that break coming up in August. But then after that will be the regular show sort of every week. Um, and then everything else guys is just you know reviewing on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcast um it's really helpful it helps the show grow um if you like the show you know share it with other people as i've said if you like this episode and you haven't tuned in before there's a huge back catalog of loads of other people i've done other collaborations with other podcasters um i've done like the best of movies sort of movie list of like the best films i've seen um i've done other nerdy ones about um Marvel movies, superhero movies, you kind of have to go through the catalogue and see if any things jump out. You know, the titles generally give a good guide of what the things are about. But also if you go on Instagram and scroll down, you can normally find sort of snippets and things. Or if you go on Facebook, um I I think on Facebook it might be easier to sort of find because I just I only really post movie reviews, the odd other post, and the rest of it is just one snippet a week from each of the parts of the new episodes. So if you're kind of unsure, you can either go on YouTube and I mean no one really listens to the show on YouTube, but a few of you do. And if you're one of if you're one of those people, hello, thank you for listening. But generally most people listen on like Spotify or those sort of podcasting apps and things. So if you if you want to go on YouTube, I've I've put most of them into genres and things like some are more funny, some are more about music, some with other podcasters, some are in all of the sort of genres and things. I've got sciencey podcasts, I've got ones of authors, I've got I've got loads really. Um I think sports and cars are probably the only two subjects that I haven't really tackled that much. Um and that's only because my my interests at the moment don't really align with with those things i mean i'm not completely closed off of talking about sport or cars and things but i don't know what i'm talking about with cars i own one and i know how to drive it and vaguely like change the tire and oil and stuff but that's about it and when it comes to sports they're just not really my my jam so you know there are hundreds of other great sports casts out there sports casts sports podcasts whatever there's loads of great ones out there that i really recommend people go check out instead of my show i'd say every other subject i will try and tackle in some manner um just because they do interest me in those ways i'm looking into a few more conversations with people with a sort of more religiosity um obviously i had the podcast with the gentleman from the church of satan uh, earlier in the year that was a really good chat he's actually like church of satan people are really just atheists it's, it's very interesting to listen to those if you want to kind of challenge your beliefs i think in part one of this chat it was um discussed um and then also no it wasn't part one of this chat it was discussed it was the when i was on comics emotions podcast um number 75 where we spoke about dread um that's when i actually uh, i think it was brought up then um and also one of my earlier episodes with my friend dom we speak about um religiosity he's a christian and i'm an atheist maybe an agnostic i'm really i don't know i kind of changed my mind in on the day uh but you know I, I love having an open honest conversation with people and anyone who's willing to have sort of a good dialogue who won't get offended by me uh saying a, a different opinion to them that's you know some of the things i value most but this outro is becoming very very long and i imagine if anyone's new to this it's always this long and rambly sometimes you know sometimes the end of it is just kind of a rambly mess where it's like this is how i kind of talk without editing it too much whereas the intro is a bit more cleaned up to try and grab any new listeners and if you're a new listener i fucking got you anyway I am actually going to stop now. I'm going on a bit and it's fucking boiling in England because we don't have aircon. Yay. And it's, you know, as soon as it gets over 20 degrees, everyone freaks the fuck out, including myself. Hey. Anyway, thanks as always for listening, guys. I appreciate each and every one of you listening. I especially appreciate anyone sharing the show. I don't put any money into advertising or anything like that. So really word of mouth collaborations and promo swaps is how I get my new listeners and things. So thanks as always for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to all of you, hopefully, next week.